podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to the Anfield Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and today I'm joined by Jamie. How are we, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. Good. Glad you're on here, mate. And also, Connor, how are you, bro? Yeah, not bad, thank you, mate. Bit under the weather, but we're all good. <laughs> yeah, um, Connor's um, been ill today, so uh, yeah, that's what you know. I appreciate you coming on, mate, and um, Jamie as well joining the team. Uh, hopefully having him on more consistently and this podcast is hopefully going to come to you more consistently as well because obviously we've had a, a few weeks where we've not really uploaded but um, yeah once the international breaks over which is unfortunately upon us right now <laughs> we'll uh, we'll be back with regular podcasts and also some exciting news just to say uh, right at the start of this PP Sierra the man who broke the Luis Diaz news um one of my favourite journalists now, you know, he's been absolutely class with us since the whole Luis Diaz story came about. He's going to be on the podcast more regularly as well to talk about Luis Diaz and, you know, maybe any other transfers that he's heard about regarding Liverpool. So really looking forward to bring that uh, to you guys really soon. Um, so, yeah, we'll get planning some stuff with him. And, um, yeah, fingers crossed everything will go OK. So, boys, like I said, the international break is upon us and, um, you know, I, I always hate this, but I, I kind of feel like it's come at the right time for us this time um, in the sense of, you know, we've got for every tournament, you know, some were easier than the other uh, to get through and we'll touch on it in a moment. But, um, yeah, just we're going to do this podcast in three sections, I think. So starting off with the FA Cup, then we'll move on to the Champions League. Then we're going to finish with the Premier League and some other stuff as well with Mo Salah, etc. Divock Origi. So, um, yeah, just casting your minds back to Sunday, lads. Um, Jamie, coming to you first, mate. Forest game. Uh, huge game for us. And obviously Nottingham Forest. First time we've played each other since, I believe, 1999. Everyone was a bit confident, I think, on Twitter for my liking. And I kept saying in spaces, I kept tweeting out, like, this game's not going to be easy. I know Nottingham Forest. I know the fans because... I live in Nottingham. Uh, it's a club I've been quite close to. Not supported, but like you know, I've always watched out for for their results, etc. But did you did you think it was going to be a straightforward game, mate, or did you have the sense that this is going to kind of feel like one of those nostalgic games where um, it's kind of like a throwback FA Cup fixture? Yeah, it, it's a traditional FA Cup fixture, isn't it? I wasn't confident as as other people were like you said it i that's the heritage of the fa cup playing these championship sides that have a top top atmosphere like forest doing make it hostile and make it tough especially being away but i was confident we'd still find a way not convincingly as we didn't do it but look it wasn't a great performance by liverpool forest made it tough as expected but we did it the old fashioned liverpool way didn't we where we don't do it easy, but we do do it. And that's guaranteed another spot at Wembley this season, which is a privilege to say, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I watched it in a pub um, in Nottingham, which probably wasn't my best idea, to be fair. But um, no, it, it was awful in terms of the performance. And it kind of felt like not... I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was worried that Forest would beat us, but as the game went on and, you know, it was nil-nil... If they scored their chance, which was Zinchenko, like he had to score that, 
we would have had 10 minutes to find a reply. And I don't know if we would have, um, just because of how our style it was, the way that the home fans and the players were up for it. You know, it was, it was like you say, the Liverpool way. Um, similar story to Arsenal, which we'll get onto in a bit. Uh, we're not going to touch on that game too much because it was a long time ago. But um, we've we've seen this from Liverpool this season, where you know, in, in a lot of games we've not been great, but we've got the win. And you know, growing up watching Man United dominate England, you know, people used to say, "Oh, that's that's the sign of champions, and that's what makes great teams." And Connor, would you agree with that, mate? Because I'm assuming you you have the same opinion that. It wasn't a great performance, but it's just about getting the job done for this team right now. No, definitely. And I think how far we've come on leaps and bounds, considering that, you know, if you looked at us two, three years ago, you'd probably say if, if it was a different side, the team that we had out, we'd probably lose that game. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've got you've got to give a lot of credit to, to Worrell, who played for Nottingham Forest. I thought he was superb for, throughout the whole game. And if you actually look at statistic-wise, it, it, it almost looks like we completely dominated them, but we didn't. I think it was it was very very ropey, and I think Dissimon Castell had a great game, obviously mm. against uh, Spence, who obviously we will probably see in in a Premier League shirt soon, no doubt about it. But yeah, Ben, you're totally right. I just it, it had me worried for for a long time, and like you said about Singanagel's chance, I think if that goes in, did we have the 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 opportunities to to go on and score, and obviously the all the comments about the offside and <laughs> and everything like that, and Liverpool and whatever we are, but look. At the end of the day, we've got the job done and Forest have been unreal. I've watched a lot of their games coming up. You know, Arsenal, Leicester, grinding the result against Huddersfield and, and they, they really showed at home how, how good that crowd can be. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, uh, with the VAR stuff, I think the two decisions were right. It wasn't a penalty, no way. And it was offside. And that is frustrating from the offside decisions because... From the camera angle it shows on the telly in, in fast speed, as soon as they pause it and put the lines in, okay, Jota looks like he's at least half a yard offside. But that that angle is not a true reflection of the of the game and you know the 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 actual pitch. So when they showed the second angle, you can clearly see he's onside. So I personally don't get why people are crying. Um, I've got a couple of friends that are still butthurt by it, but you know if you're going to be the Premier League next season, get used to it. This is this is what happens. So it's just one of them, but. Yeah, like I said, for me, I, I couldn't care less how we did it. And I think it was seven or eight changes we made. And people still say, oh, it was a very strong Liverpool team. It was. But at the end of the day, there were still so many key players missing. Um, you know, Salah wasn't in the squad. Mane wasn't in the squad. Uh, you know, so many players that you, you would want Liverpool to start weren't playing in that game. And I think that was um, the last opportunity, really, we're going to get this season where Klopp can just make eight changes in a game and just see it as a chance for rotation. Not that we're disrespecting Nottingham Forest, but I think Klopp had in his mind that there was an international break coming up just after this game. So if he rested some of the players like Thiago or whatever for this game, then if they don't play internationally, which Thiago hasn't, they're going to get even more time off. So Thiago is going to come back from this break. In fact, he's not even gone away and he's just going to be, preparing to go straight from the off providing he doesn't get injured by walking down his stairs you know he'll be fine so yeah it was a brilliant result for me in terms of just you know not really using our first team um obviously Trent wasn't there as well apparently he's got this suspicious injury which I have my own opinion on whether he's injured or not but that's for a different conversation but yeah I'm just happy that 
you know, we're we're going deep in all the com- uh, competitions now. We were in all of them. And I said this on my YouTube channel, I can't remember the last time this happened. When we were in, what, late March? And Liverpool are in all the competitions, having already won one of them. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, um, Jamie, going to come to you, mate, because we were at that Man City game in the league. Semi-final draw has been made. <laughs> of course we got Manchester City. Of course we didn't get Crystal Palace. Um how are you feeling about that, mate? Let's just say for now it's at Wembley because, you know, there is talk that they might move it somewhere else. But as it stands, it's at Wembley. Again, we were at the um, Chelsea Carabao Cup final, which was not a nice game. This might be a stupid question because it's probably a no. Would you be confident in that semi-final against Man City? Do you think, you know, that we've got it in us to, to beat them there? Yeah, of course we do. We, we definitely do. Look, it's not the draw... We'd have wished for. Obviously, you want Crystal Palace in that. But City, look, you've got to beat the best to be the best. And that's what yeah. you have to do, especially in the cup competitions. Oh, so City have to beat us, though, mate, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do to win it. But I, I do think we're better than City, to be honest. Obviously, the table right now says otherwise. But look at the form in the last three months. Look at our record. Look at City's record. They, they seem to be hitting that bit of a mental block where they're a bit intimidated by us coming up. I know Bernardo Silva would argue against that, but their form form says that they're, they're fearing us a little bit. So, look, it's not even just a cup game. It's the whole April in general, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But I'd be confident in beating City because I think we can beat anyone. I don't think we should fear anyone. To be honest, I do think we're the best team in the world. Possibly a bit of bias in there, but there's stats that prove that as well. So it's not the draw we'd have wanted, but it's definitely a doable. And I think if you overcome that semi-final and beat City, don't get me wrong, Chelsea will be very tough again as well if we get there. But I think if we beat City, we'll do it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, Look, when I say... I'll be confident against Man City. This isn't me saying like I'm scared of them or I'm using this inferior thing where you know I, I think we're second best. That's that's not what uh, I'm trying to say. But I just I know and we all know because we've gone against them a few times already how good Man City are, and we're not rivals in terms of history and how big the clubs are because that's real. They're only there because of money and we've only really started to care about them in the last five or six seasons because that's when we've been able to compete with them. Um, I just know and everyone knows how good they are, how good Pep can be. Um, equally, we know how bad he can be in finals, like when he puts six or seven attackers on the pitch in the Champions League final. Um, but yeah, I, I, they'll always scare me, no matter how good we are. No matter, you know, We could be on 99 points in the end of April, and then we'd have a Champions League final or FA Cup final against City um, a few weeks later, and I'd still be scared. So, yeah, it is one of them. They're a very good team, doing incredibly well. Of course, they were 14 points ahead of us. Uh, We had two games in hand, I think. But, yeah, it is what it is. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Connor, coming to you, mate. Just sum it up, mate. Uh, The semi-final draw, Man City at Wembley. What do you reckon, mate? I think you're both spot on with, with what you've said. I think Jamie Jamie said it himself. You've you've got to beat the best to be the best. And I think at the moment we could beat any team. At the moment, the way the way we're playing, I think when we're at full strength, as you said, 
shortly uh, earlier on that Thiago and Trent obviously aren't travelling now, which is actually better for us and, and better considering moving forward. I mean, don't forget we've got to play City in the league before that, you know, six days before the semi-final. And I think that's that's the important thing that we have to think about now is every game we have to take as a cup final. You know, OK, we can all dream the quadruple and I know all of us are dreaming of the quadruple, you know, that to us would be a dream. But even picking up two of, you know, still winning a treble would be unbelievable. When you look at all four sides left in the FA Cup, yeah, OK, Palace are the weaker side. But if they get a home draw, you know that's a that's a good game for them. I can't really I can't remember if they got the home draw or the away draw. I can't I can't quite remember. But any team there is is a challenge. But at the moment, I think we are the best team at this current stage on form. And I think if we get the game plan right, it's just another game as such. I know that's very confident. And I know obviously we've been victims to to a city thrashing before, but I think Wembley's a, a different different scenario for us yeah absolutely mate um i think the not carol wild the community shield the last one we were in um we lost on pens right and the second half yeah. we absolutely battered them goodness knows how we didn't score but i think we just need to put it on them um because we know when this team puts it on you know the teams like city that you know that they'll crumble they've got no mentality um we know how we work. We know what we need to do. Um, it is what it is. And I am saying that, you know, I, I'd be scared of City no matter what in a final or in a one-off game. But equally, I've got to think they'll be scared of us as well. They'll be watching what we're doing, how many wins we've got this side of Christmas. Um, I believe the only loss was the Inter Milan game once we were already through, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, wait, was Leicester before or after? I don't know. There's been so many games I can't remember, but... The point is, we've not lost many games at all. Um, and, yeah, like Jamie alluded to, we've got a big, big April coming up, which we will touch on in a minute. But, like I said, boys, we're in four competitions. Well, three now. We've already won one of them. Uh, so, we're going to talk about Champions League a bit now. And I don't really think we need to get into the intergame as such in terms of digging into it certain moments. Because we were crap. It was, again, a game where we were crap. We lost 1-0 on the night but we already did the business in the other leg. So it's all good. Um, again, I don't really care. If we win on aggregate, you can lose the second leg. I don't care. Same thing happened when we played Roma um, in 2017-18. We got through. We did the business in the first leg. Same thing this year. So the drill's very kind to us. Uh, I can't lie to you, boys. Um, we avoided City, Chelsea, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid. But if we do beat Benfica, we do have a big team to worry about unless Villarreal can somehow make an upset, which would be beautiful. Uh, but let's just talk about Benfica for now. Um, is it cocky or arrogant to say that <laughs> we're in the semi? Because I did say that on my stream. I did a live stream to the um, to the draw. And as soon as we got Benfica, Jamie, I said, OK, that's it. We're in the semi-final. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that cocky? Is that wrong? Or, you know... Do you think we're in it or, you know, should we be more cautious about this? Well, fo football's football. And yeah. although I don't think that they deserve to be in there in the last eight, after watching the Ajax game, they are in the last eight. So you can't count any team in Europe in the last eight of the competition. Aside, but look, we should most definitely be going through. It's the best possible draw we could have got, definitely. We got the weakest team, in my opinion, in the last eight. I, I, like I said, how they got 
past Ajax I don't actually know. I watched the game uh, and the second they were second best all game. A set piece and, and a bit of smash and grab was how they were through. So fair play to them. But, but I, I wouldn't absolutely write them off, but it would be one of the biggest upsets in this competition so far, I'd imagine, if we don't go through. So there's no excuse for this one. Um, look, we, we talk about not uh, underestimating them, but I am hoping, especially with, with the April, like we've alluded to, I'm hoping we can wrap it up in the first leg. I think that's a very good point because I am looking at the fixtures and the first leg is um, sandwiched between the two City games. So you, we've got City on the 10th and then Benfica on the 13th. And obviously the semi-final is uh, to be confirmed, but we know which, you know, it, it's basically two days that we we could get the Saturday over Sunday. So I think you're right. I think we see a full strength, um, a full strength side um in in the first leg and then you know like you say mate i think that's a very good point we have to try and get it wrapped up and then maybe that second leg could be an opportunity to play you know squad players but connor would do you agree what jamie said mate i mean what what's your benfica knowledge like do you do you is there anyone there i mean there's that darwin nunez i think his name is which you know, he seems to be an absolute bagsman at the minute. He scored 26 goals this season. But is there anything in that Benfica squad that makes that should make you think, hang on a minute, there's still a game of football to play or can we be confident? I don't really know much about the league enough. I've, I've never really taken an interest to it. Um, yeah. the, the, one thing that, the one thing that we've got to remember is, you know, the last time we the, the teams met, it was when we were in Europa League football. You know, back in the 2009-2010 season, and we won six. I believe it was six, five, three on aggregate, six, three on aggregate, something like that. And I think, you know, the team we had out that day was, you know, you got the likes of Yossi, Ben Ayun, Fernando Torres, players like that. And and when you look and you compare the sides today to to them, I mean, don't forget back in back in that time, Julio Cesar was their keeper. They had a young Di Maria, David Luiz. You know, they had good players and I, I don't think they've got the same standard of players now. I think especially when you look on form and look at how well we've been playing. Yes, you, you mentioned earlier we didn't play well against Inter, but to to be to be honest, I don't care how, how we do it as long as we go through, that's all that really matters. And I think that's what a lot of I saw a lot on Twitter afterwards, people moaning about the fact that we just lost one nil. Like there's no need to think about that. The fact of the matter is is that we know what we've done wrong. Klopp alluded to it after what went wrong. And we just got to put it right in, in this. But I am confident. Uh, this is probably the one I'm most confident about. Obviously, the, the Premier League and the FA Cup still worries me. But you're right. We we should see uh, a semi final. I hope we see a semi final, and then I hope we see a final. But obviously, hoping and actually doing are, are two very different things. But I think, like I said, if we're full strength, we, we should we should wrap it up in the first the first leg for definite. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, mate. And we do have to take it a game at a time, of course, and we don't want to look too far into the future. But let's say we do beat Benfica and then it's Bayern Munich in the semi-final of the Champions League. You know, we we had to face Bayern Munich when we won the Champions League. Um, it's the same situation as well. The, the home leg is the first leg and the second leg would be at the Allianz. And I saw people... 
not very happy with that. But I'm like, that's literally what it was last time. And we've only got better since then. Uh, it was no, no, wasn't it? Anfield. And then we went to their place and um, Mane sending Neuer for a hot dog. So, look, we can't, we can't be scared of teams like this now. I mean, of course, we could be nervous because Bayern Munich are a brilliant team with some fantastic players, brilliant manager. But if we're in the Champions League semi-final, Liverpool don't lose many of them. Um, so, Jamie, Bayern Munich, is that a team that, you know, out of the top ones, is that a team that you'd have wanted to get? Or, you know, just tell me, what are you thinking right now? That's Obviously, I need to emphasise this is hypothetically speaking. We are not saying we're through already, even though I did say it on my own stream. This is not the view of these guys on here. But, yeah, the, Bayern Munich, if, if we got through, you know... How would you feel about them? Uh, it's a tough game. Of course it is. They've got a massive pedigree, obviously. They've been on the top uh, of Europe in, in the recent years, definitely, as well. So, it'll be tough, but I'd back us against any team. Like, like we said, same principle as City. It's, it is gutting, to be honest. That, that, that was the big thing I was looking for when the semi-final draw was being done is just get our home game second and then I'd be very confident. I'm still am confident like like you alluded to the buying in 2019 game. We've been there we've done it and not too long ago as well which is good experience. We got Tiago at our um, at our hands now as well who knows them very well, knows German football very well and stuff. And we've come up against their manager as well last season. Julian Nagelsmann, I know two very different teams, but still with the same philosophy. And their defence seems to be lacking a couple goals recently. I think that's definitely something we can get out if Upperman Carno plays 100%. Uh, when we played against him at Leipzig, I were laughing oh, because it, it seemed so easy. It was like he was our 12th player. But look, there'd still be a tough side, but I'd still definitely back us to do it. I think it's quite a... A decent draw. I'd much rather have Bayern than City or Chelsea, to be honest. Um, and I think I'd much rather have them than Real Madrid. Although I think Bayern are a better side than Real Madrid. There's just something about Real Madrid in the Champions League that I do yeah. not like playing against. So it's not it's not a bad draw if we can get them. You never know what happens with Villarreal. Uh, uh, Valen- Wait, is Valencia or Villarreal? Bloody hell. I can't even think now. Who have they got? Who, Sorry. Yeah, they've got Villarreal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Villarreal. Um, So, don't count them out, just like you you, you don't count us to be free, but if we get Bayern at back us, although it will be tough. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Villarreal have Unai Emery as their manager, and, you know, he's got a good record in Europe. Granted, most of the time it's Europa League, but I think he can frustrate teams with with his system, for sure. Yeah. so I don't think Bayern are guaranteed to go through. I think the favourites, of course, but Villarreal are no mugs when it comes to this kind of thing. So it'll be interesting. I think there's a there's a few of those kind of games this this year where you're looking at the other side of the draw, Man City against Atletico Madrid. Everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be a Man City-Liverpool final. I mean, it's like people didn't watch Man City play against Crystal Palace the other day. And I'm looking at Atletico Madrid. I'm looking at Crystal Palace. And of course, they're a million miles away in terms of the quality, but... Atleti are going to frustrate Man City, 100%. Um, And Connor, just on that side of the draw, mate, what team there would you probably want to avoid if we were to get to the final? So is there one team particularly you just think, no, don't want to play them? Is there another team that you might think, okay, we'll have them? I mean, we've already beaten Atleti twice, so 
if they got through to the final, I'd be confident. But yeah, is anyone on that side of the draw that particularly scares you? I've got some some seriously bad memories against Real Madrid, but I've got some absolutely superb memories in Madrid. I think Madrid they do scare me. I think Real Madrid they do scare me. This is this is their competition. I think I think they've won it the most amount of times out of anyone, and on their day that they're, they're very good. I think. When you look at two centre-forwards, in my opinion, who are currently the best centre-forwards in the world, Lewandowski, Benzema, it, it's, a really, it's a really tough thing to call. I've heard a lot of people go around saying, you know, this, it could be Chelsea-Liverpool, Chelsea-Liverpool, Chelsea-Liverpool. And, and obviously, you've still got to think about it like that, that we could face Chelsea three times in three different cups this year. And, to, and, and for me, that, that, is, that is a... A certain, I'm trying to think of the word. It, the success of both clubs individually have been incredible this year. I think Chelsea obviously have been off, been off it really in the Premier League. They've had a couple of issues. They've had a couple of problems. We we all know what they're going through at the moment. And as much as I despise Chelsea, you don't want to see any club go under. But that's not yeah. what obviously we're, we're talking about. Villarreal were a really really weird team. Um, I would have rather had Benfica than Villarreal. I mean, the way Villarreal turned Juventus over was, it was so convincing those last 15 minutes where they got the three goals, where you just looked at him and went, wow. You know, forget Juventus are a little bit lacklustre at the moment. They are missing McKenney. Obviously, he, I think he broke a leg or broke a foot or something. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I think to, to answer the question in a whole, Real Madrid was a team I didn't really want. I felt as if we could have City, you know, we beat City in this cup before. We, I know that they're a team that we're talking about that we're scared of, but in this competition, we've got a lot more experience. City don't have that type of experience. And I think no one wants to come to Anfield. I think, uh, you know, any team in the world, you know, no one wants to come midweek to Anfield with a crowd that is fully behind this side. And so they should be because we are playing some of the best football I've seen in in my time on on this earth, and I think that's what we have to to think about. But obviously, you said about Bayern Munich; they are they are a scary they are a scary side. I think when they're at full strength, but they are very prone to to, to leaking goals. I think they, I think in February they lost to um, lost to Bochum, who are <laughs> woeful, seriously woeful. Um, if we've got any Bochum fans listening, I'm sorry, but they they are. One of the worst Bundesliga sides out there. Mm. And to lose 4-2 was incredible. Yeah. Four goals and to... Mad. They, they, I mean, they, they are, like you said, they're very prone to scoring goals, uh, to leaking goals, but they are very good at scoring goals. I mm. think if if we get through, it will come down to defence against defence. We know what both sides can do going forward. We both know how good they are attacking-wise. Lewandowski picks pockets that you'll never understand. Him against Van Dijk will be an amazing matchup to watch. But when you look at it from our point of view, I'd be more confident us going against them because our front three can can tear anyone any day of the week at the moment. And I think that's a, a massive credit to, to Klopp and what he's done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think scared's prob- probably the wrong word because I think you've summed it all up there. Um, we are the team that everyone else is scared of. You know, nobody, like you say, nobody wants to come to Anfield on a European night. Like... There's been this whole thing about the Anfield atmosphere this season and people have many different opinions on it, but in a Champions League night, in a knockout night, that's not going to be the same as a Brighton at 3pm. You know what I mean? So, 
you know, these teams, just ask Man City what a Champions League night's Anfield and they'll tell you. So you're all right, mate. Uh, we are the team that nobody wanted in the draw. And of course, Benfica, <laughs> unlucky for them, they probably wanted Villarreal, but they got us. Um, like I say, we have to take it a game at a time and Benfica are the team in the Champions League that stands in our way of another Champions League semi-final under Klopp would be his third, which is just incredible. Like, there's been so much stuff about Klopp and has he underachieved because whatever. It's nonsense to me. Like, this manager's come into our club. The first season took us to the Europa League final and we missed out because um, I don't think we we were ready to be in the final at that, te- at that time. I think uh, Sevilla's squad was so much better than ours. Then, the first time we get into the Champions League with this man, takes us to the final. Again, Real Madrid, they have the, the experience in that competition. They, they beat us in the final. And obviously, we had a goalkeeper that is largely to blame for it, but we won't go there. Then the season after, when everyone's saying, ha, Liverpool are done. Like, they're finished. They had their chance. You know, they're not going to get it again. They thought, you know what? We're going to come back. We're not only going to come back to the final, we're going to win it. Um, and nobody can ever forget the way we, we got to the final that season. The teams would beat the Barcelona game. Just ridiculous. Obviously, the Atletico one comes after. And then the Real Madrid one in the season, which everyone, you know, would like to forget. But now we're back, you know, we're, we're where we need to be. Again, I say with my chest, I think Liverpool are going to be in the semi-final. Um, that's no disrespect to Benfica. But um, I think when you look at the teams we had in our group, Benfica aren't on that level. Maybe Porto. But, um, you know, Atleti Madrid beat them twice. AC Milan, far better team than Porto, beat them twice. So, again, you can't really blame me for not being that scared of Benfica. But like Jamie said, they are there for a reason. So we do have to, you know, be kind of cautious about this and approach it the right way, which I'm sure the players will, by the way. This is me speaking as a fan, but I'm pretty sure Klopp, the players, everyone else in his coaching team will prepare for this game as they would for Real Madrid or Chelsea or Man City. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, that's that for the Champions League, really. Then the Premier League, a lot of competitions to get in, but that is the beauty of being a Liverpool fan right now. Um, one point behind Arsenal, Jamie, after being 14 behind. Um, the game in hand against Arsenal, again, I don't really want to dive into it too much because it was a long time ago. Um, you know, I, I can barely remember what I did yesterday. But, um, yeah, what, where are you at with the Premier League now, mate? Because I, I can't actually remember what your opinion was when we drew to Chelsea and City went 14 ahead. I'm pretty sure you never said it was over. But... Realistically, did you see us getting back into it this way? And now we are back into it. I'm going to have to make your answer, mate. Weird. How do you see this panning out? I want you to be as bold as you can. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So when we played Chelsea and we drew start of the January, uh, it was just after the um, loss to Leicester as well. So I gave up a bit of hope. I didn't give up all hope, if I'm honest, but I definitely didn't think we'd be where... We were sitting one point behind City from a 14-point gap today. So it's fantastic to of what we've done. And now we've just got to keep this momentum up and, and keep doing it and make it all worth it in the end. How I see it planning out is so difficult. I, I, re- I really do think City are rattled. I think Pep is stressing a bit. You, you see, you've seen at Palace how... Bernardo Silva just mentioned us for absolutely no reason in his interview. And I know that's picking at straws there, but at the end of the day, 
he, Liverpool's on his head for him to mention Liverpool in a question that wasn't related to us at all. So I think that shows something. And I think our running is it's not as easy as City's, in my opinion. I think City have the easier one. But in all games left, apart from the Etihad, we should definitely be winning. We're, we're favourites in them all. So if we can keep the momentum up, and what I've said to you multiple times, Ben, on your channel, is that I'm really starting to see a Liverpool of 18, 19, 19, 20, where we might not play amazing every game. You can't you can't play at your top level for 38 games. No team's done it. Arsenal Invincibles came the closest to be to being perfect, and, and obviously they drew 12. So that and that's still regarded as the one of the best seasons in Premier League history. So it really is impossible to maintain that top level over 38 games, but. Where it's so important when you're not at that top level to grind out the results and keep the clean sheets and then just go and score one or two and win the game and get the three points. That is massive. That's what we did in 1920 when we won it. That's what we did in 1819 where we went and won the Champions League and came one point, get, getting 98 points uh, against City and, and just missing out. So that's what we have to keep doing. Whether I think we will is a different question. I think we can do Every other team, except I'm not as confident at the Etihad, if I'm going to be honest. I'd be unbelievably confident if it was at Anfield. I think it'd be destined for, for mm. us to win it and then go on and win the league. But it's, the, it's not even the fact that it's at the Etihad. I couldn't care less. They don't make a noise. They don't make a difference. <laughs> it's the fact that it's not at our place and we can't yeah. impact it. Uh, that just scare me a bit. I think, well, there's a couple of banana skins, but if we're going to win the league, we need to win all the rest. I actually think that could be enough, even if City beat us. I, I have that feeling, but I don't know. I think if we draw at the Etihad, I, I, I think we'll win it. If City beat us, oh. they, I, I think they'll think they'll do it. But I, I'm maintaining positive, um, enjoying mm. the moment, and, I, and I'm staying confident that we. It, it would mean so much. It would mean so much. Yeah, I mean, I I always say this. I go back to. When we won the league and how, you know, we didn't get to experience it properly and, you know, just all season up until, you know, the, the government cancelled football, really. We we knew we'd won the league by December, really. Like, we knew it. And, you know, I was starting to think about the parade and being in Liverpool and just having a big party. And that was taken away from us. And, you know, that was heartbreaking, like... Me and my brother were in the garden. We had some champagne. We had music on and stuff. But it was nice. We made the most of it as we could. But it wasn't how you know we dreamt of it. So, I'm again. I'm sure the players will use that as well because you know the new boys that have come to us since, like Jota, Canate, um, Thiago, Diaz, all those guys, uh, Simicas. Um, you know, they would have seen those clips of the bus going through, you know, um, the Strand and all that. And that's why they've come to this club for for times like that. They're going to win trophies and then they want to celebrate it like that. So, yeah, I'm sure they're going to be motivated to do absolutely everything they can to win at least one of them. I'm sure of it. And you know what? In my honest opinion, I do think we win one of them. I've said it before. Um, I said it on my prediction video. My on my channel that Liverpool are going to win the league this season. I got laughed at. Um, like you, when we went 12 points behind or whatever it was, 13, 14, I did lose hope and I did lose my head a bit because I was angry with the team and I did say it was over. Um, but then in, in that same stream, I said, once we've got a fully fit squad, 
once we can actually change things up with this team, instead of using the likes of Tyler Morton in midfield, we would be up there with Man City. And that's exactly what's happened. We've got our squad back and we're back up there. But Connor, um, do you think it's as simple as going to City and winning and then, you know, we go on to win the league? Like, how are you feeling about that, mate? Because this is probably going to be Liverpool's biggest Premier League fixture. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, be bold here, mate. I think it's probably gonna be our biggest Premier League fixture ever. What do you think? I think with all the hype behind it, I'm, I don't disagree with you. Um, this is one of the most hyped fixtures in the longest time. Um, like Jamie said, when, when you look at our, our running towards the end of the season, there's not one side that scares me. Or worries me like City does. Now, yes, we've got to play Man United. They haven't beaten us at Anfield since 2016. Spurs, irrelevant. Haven't beat us since 2011 at Anfield. When when we talk about how important Anfield is as for us, I don't see a team beating us. The Etihad, I've been there. The Empty Had, you can call it what you want. You can say what you want about it. It's still a tough, tough place to go. I mean... We all saw what happened during lockdown when we had no fans and, and we saw what City done to us at that time. And they, they beat us 4-0 and that's a, a game that I never really want to remember. It's a game I don't really want to talk about. But uh, when when we were, however many points clear we were at Christmas when we were in the league, I was the only person, and I think I said this to you once before, Ben, when that podcast never went out because it didn't uh, work. I was still scared. We were so... There's so many memories of us bottling things and, and worrying about it that I wasn't even that confident at Christmas when we were clear. And when I say clear, I mean we were clear. But then you can say the same thing about City this year. City at Christmas were clear. You know, when they went 14 points clear, you thought, oh my God, this is it. I was the only one that said we still had a chance. Don't put us out of it. So many people went, you know, Liverpool don't stand a chance. But Again, it just shows the determination, the grip this side has to to grind out results and win games. You know, when you look in the running, it's all made up for for Gerard and Coutinho to to do ones at the Etihad last game of the season. Um, I've been to West Ham quite a few times this year. Um, I've been to to London Stadium. I've watched them in Europa League because they're they're a close club to me and all my mates from uni enjoy it. Um, That's a hard place to go. We, We know that. I think we know the most that that's a hard place to go. Let's not forget that, you know, West Ham done us in 3-2 at the start of the year at the London Stadium. That's a game for City where you wouldn't think it's going to be a rollover. Uh, Leeds, obviously, you, you think they'd beat Leeds. I mean, Watford's Watford at the moment. Yeah, I, I, wanna, I want to be confident and I want to be... I want to bat the boys because I think we can do it. But again... It all depends on what happens at the Etihad and it all depends the type of crowd we take and, and we have to get behind the boys that day because that will be, the, I think that will be the determining fixture. I can't really see us losing any other game. Yeah, that uh, for me, that that is the most hyped game, like you said, for a long time, possibly ever in our Premier League history. And I just want, I just want to get it, I just want to get to it now. I've just, I'm at that stage now where I'm like, okay, stop playing with me, stop playing with my emotions. Let's just get there. Let's just go and win that. And then it's in our hands, like like they always say. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're all forgetting we've got Watford at home. Um, I think one of you mentioned it, but 
again, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a win. No disrespect to Watford, but you know we battered you at your place, so I'm pretty sure we'll win at Anfield. But um, yeah, the Man City game is, you know, it's, it's enormous, and I think every single person in in the world really that's got any sort of interest, you know, even people that don't have interest in football are going to be tuned into that game to see how it pans out. And let me just tell you now, it's going to be Liverpool against the world because everyone else is going to be wanting City to win that game. I'm telling Definitely. you now, mate, the people that I interact with on Spaces, the people I have in group chats, they oh my, they, they are on their knees for, for this to not go our way. And, you know, I saw earlier, this guy made a, a Diogo Jota comp against Nottingham Forest where he was losing the ball, he was getting tackled. And I'm thinking like, you're not even a Liverpool fan and you've got that much energy and time on, time on your hand to get a player that plays for Liverpool and make a foul comp about him. So these guys, because I've got drafts, I've got drafts for days on my Twitter, uh, bookmarks, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I can bookmark tweets. I have got so many, which at the end of the season, if it does go our way, I'm going to come back to and I'm going to have a great time. Um, and I tweeted it earlier. I hope that at the end of the season we can get our um, name back as the unbearables because that's what I want to be. You know, I want to be the, 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 the king of English football. And we are, I, I think we will be as well. Um, if we win at the Etihad, this is something that, again, it's not going to be easy. This is something that we haven't done since Klopp first came in. I think it was that Coutinho Firmino masterclass where Firmino bodied John Stones. Um, I think that was the last time we won there, if I'm not mistaken, apart from the Champions League. But, it's crazy. It really is crazy how this has turned out. And just one game of football can, you know, almost define this season um, after almost being written off by our own fans and even myself. So, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, these are the, the days as the, the song goes, but um, it's so exciting now to be read during this time. It really is. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're just going to cover a couple more things. Mo Salah's contract has been a huge talking point and I just want to briefly go over it. I don't want to make this podcast too long, but I just wanted to know your stances on where you guys are at because I feel like my stance has slightly changed since um, this whole thing broke. And, Jamie, you know what my stance originally was. So I think that's a slight hint at where I'm at now. But, mate, where are you at? Are you sick of all this talk? Do you just want it to be done one way or another? Like, What are you thinking, mate? Yeah, you know me, Ben. I, I was sick of the talk from the minute it started, to be honest. I don't want any speculation on any of our players until the season's over because we've got... And neither will Mo Salah, neither will the club. That, that, that's how it is. We have a massive season ahead. Well, name me a season that we've been in all four competitions with one already in the bag going into April. Uh, We've we, not had it. We've not experienced it yet as a football club. So the last thing that we want to do is be talking about how we could lose our player in the summer. The, the summer will unravel itself and whatever happens, happens at the end of the day. As fans, we can't do anything about it. You have to trust the club in the sense that they're the professionals. People have whatever opinion people want to have on, on FSG, but they are there to do their job and hopefully they'll do the right job and renew it. But But we can't change the future. We don't we don't know the future either. So at the minute, I wouldn't speculate. I wouldn't listen to any speculation. If it gets done, it gets done. And just focus on being a red and, and enjoy the journey that we have with him right now, to be honest. He, he is one of the best players in the world. At the minute, if not the best, that, that that's personal opinion. But yeah. so just enjoying being being number 11 for Liverpool, like we possibly didn't do enough with Suarez and Coutinho and, the, and then lost out at them. But 
at, at this moment in time, he's in a Liverpool shirt. He's hunting down a quadruple. That, that, that's all I'm bothered about at the minute. And let the future be what the future's been. No, no play is as big as big as the club, and no, Liverpool Football Club will never fall because of one player. Mate, you've literally just—I think you've taken most of the words out of my mouth there. Um, Con, I'll let you go first with your stance, mate. Do you echo what Jamie said, or do you think slightly differently? He's literally taken yeah. the words out of my mouth. Apart from you know, you've got to enjoy it. I think at the moment this is the best time to be a red and you've got to enjoy what we've got in front of us. You know, he's 30 goal contributions in 27 games in the Premier League, eight goals in the Champions League out of eight games. The man is incredible. And at 29, he still has so much left in the tank. We know that FSG aren't going to break their wage structure, right? We know we don't have money like PSG doing teams like that. We know that that's not going to happen. And I've, I've sort of looked at it from both sides. I've looked at the fact that Sentimentally, I would love to keep him. I want him to get a contract. I want him to keep playing well. I want him to to stamp his legacy in the Liverpool history books. I know he already has, but just to continuous and can keep going. But then you look at it from the other point of view. You know, how much is he worth? You know, how much is he worth in the transfer window, and what could that money do for our future? You know, we we love talking about how we can build a future. You know, you got the likes of Jude Bellingham. Saka and I heard Dybala's going on a free now from Juventus. So we, we were linked with him, I believe it was last last transfer window or the transfer before. There's there's positives and negatives to both sides. Personally, like James said, I want him to stay. He's a red, he's a red through and through. He's changed the way we play football. He's just incredible to watch. He is one of the best players in the world at the moment. But then you look at it from the other stance where what could his sale do for us as a club moving forward you know how many years has he got left at this top top level that he's playing at you know is he going to be like Ronaldo who's currently what 38 37 38 who's still playing incredibly well or is he going to sort of pitter out as such but it's hard because I want him to stay but then you've got to think what could his sale do for for the future of and the benefit of us going forward Mm. Yeah, no. Let me just say, when the first when the news came out from you know Fabrizio Romano and people like that, I I was angry. I'm not gonna lie, I was absolutely fuming. Um, sort of talk about FSG and the club, etc. And I still am, to be fair. I think if if Liverpool either sold Salah in the summer or let him go on a free in 18 months, I I, I still would be angry. There's there's no denying that. But having had time to sit down and think things through over it and just kind of look deeper into it. I'm not really bothered. <laughs> I'm not really bothered because I think you were alluding to it. The club moves like we're not a team that is just going to crumble when he leaves. Um, I'm pretty sure of it. if most Salah leaves in the summer and 18 months, our recruitment team has been brilliant since the club's come in and we will have somebody ready to come in who, you know, may not go on to be Mo Salah, but he's going to be good enough to to help us compete for sure. And it is what it is. Whatever happens is going to happen. We can't change it as fans. All we can do is support the team that we love. And as Jamie said right now, we are in uh, an amazing, amazing uh, situation where, you know, I don't believe the quadruple is going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, but it's still there. It's still a, a possibility. And whilst it's a possibility, I believe my team are going to fight for it. So, 
this is the last I'm going to talk about, it, to be honest, on the podcast, on Twitter, on YouTube, because I think there's far more important things to be worrying about right now than players coming in, players going, etc. So if Mo Salah loves the club, if he's willing to to take the money which they've offered him, which, of course, his agent has made it perfectly known, it's not enough, then unfortunately it looks like he's going to leave. If you know He's not going to sign that contract that's already there. And from what we've heard from the likes of Romano and people like that, doesn't look like they're going to give him another offer either. So it's either take what they've given him or he's probably going to be at PSG next season or the summer after, which is fine, but like whatever. We've seen players like Messi, who's the best player I've ever seen ever, go to PSG. And what's he done there? Nothing. PSG are terrible. They lost to... Um, who did they lose to the other day? 4-0. can't remember who it was. Um, they got absolutely battered the other day. You know, they're not in the Champions League. So if these are the kind of teams that these players want to go to because they're not getting the right money at Liverpool, then fine, whatever. No player is bigger than this club. And I love Mo Salah. He's one of my favourite ever players, of course. What he's done since he's come in, I've not seen it before. But like I said, and like everyone keeps saying, he's not bigger than the club. The club will move. And my hope is, out of anybody that's at the club right now, if we can offer somebody a new deal, it's Klopp. I'd rather have Klopp for four more seasons than any player that we've got right now. So that's what I'm hoping for. I might be a bit optimistic with that. We don't know. But yeah, let's just enjoy the season. Let's not worry about, you know, things that could be. Like, it is what it is. And even if Salah does leave in the summer, we'll worry about it in the summer. Let's focus on now. We've got trophies to win. We've already won one. You know, let's go and try win the rest. So, yeah, just finishing on the podcast with the Divock Origi story that broke um, recently. I've got it here, word for word, from Fabricio again. He's a busy man at the minute, Fabricio. Um, we've known that Divock's contract's coming to an end this season, and I think there's some weird clause in it where... If he plays a certain amount of games, it triggers an extension. Doesn't look like he's going to get those games. So I think it's probably fair to say Divock will believe it in the summer. Um, Fabrizio put a tweet out today saying Liverpool have no plans to extend his contract and he wants to try a new challenge. AC Milan are confident to complete the agreement soon. Talks are progressing with his agents. Final details to be discussed in the next days. So it looks like this is more of an interest right now, Jamie. And, you know, as a man that's been to... So Anfield a lot over the last few years, obviously season ticket holder. Um, you've seen special Divock Origi moments that, you know, will live on forever in your memory. But is this the right time now for, you know, Liverpool and Divock to kind of part ways as we look to build into the future? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it really is a sad one. No matter what stick some fans have given him over the last two years or no matter what you think of Divock Origi, the, the moments that he's given of us will, will be memories for Liverpool fans' life. and he, He's just an unbelievable man. He, I don't think he's ever moaned. There's never been an article of him whinging that he's been on the bench, whinging that he's not had enough minutes or anything like that. I think when he comes in, he gives his all for the team and he's an iconic Liverpool football player and one that will be remembered for, for, for the generation in the last five years of just being unreal, the, the big game player. He's even kept us to where we are today this season, believe it or not, with his massive goal goal against Wolves. I think it speaks volumes of Divock Origi's Liverpool career when Klopp said that, uh, he said to Divock coming on to Wolves, just go on and be Divock Origi and he, and he just does 
and was Divo Carrique and goes on and wins it in the last last kick of the game. But yeah, it, it, it's life and football life's like like real life. It's harsh and every every good thing has to come to an end. And it's the right move for us, I think, to, just to move on, maybe bring someone else in, possibly that, that's a bit younger and and that we'll see knock on the door a bit more. But it's de- definitely the best. Uh, truth for him, I think he'll rip the Serie A apart. Like Giroud's gone there, and Giroud's done it at, at his age. And th- yeah, I really do. I think he'll be a great threat for AC Milan, uh, especially with uh, Zlatan's age and, and Giroud, like we just said, get, getting older. Um, but yeah, it, it'll, it'll be harsh, and it'll be a very sad day when Divock leaves us because of everything that he's given us. But it'll be moments that we'll cherish and thank him for forever. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we mentioned about looking forward to the future and potentially more attackers coming in. Um, David Ornstein did put an article out the other day saying that many clubs um, are interested in Cody Gakpo from uh, PSV. So maybe there's something in that. You know, a lot of clubs want that guy. He's had a really, really good season for PSV this year. But, um, Connor, do, do you think this is a case of now we have to shift on the deadwood to bring in these 19, 20, 21 year olds. And I'm not saying Divock is, you know, a trash player by calling him Deadwood, but he's barely featured this season. He deserves minutes. Like, you know, he's 26. He's still kind of in his peak years, which is crazy to me because it seems like he's been around forever. But is it, like I said to Jamie, is this the right time now where we have to start filtering some of these players out to bring in new players that are going to set us up for the years to come? Definitely. uh, Definitely. I, I totally agree. You know, he has scored an array of iconic goals and has been one of the pivotal figures, you know, in in the trophies that we've won under Klopp. I was very fortunate enough to, to go up to the San Siro against AC Milan and watched him have a great game there. And I think that's what probably sparked AC Milan's interest in him. He was unreal that day. And, and that was very sort of overlooked because... You know, it was it was a game that we didn't need to win. Obviously, if we won it, we were the only team to ever go six and zero in in the Champions League from England. But he was unreal that day. But he's only had, I think, it's fourteen appearances so far this year, which again isn't enough for someone who's twenty six and and probably deserves more game time. And, and like Jamie said, moving and seeing Giroud, how good he's been at his age, he'd be a, an unreal player. I mean, if you also look at the likes of Tammy Abraham, who's also tearing it up in in the Serie A for Roma, you know, someone not the same age, but I think there's a four or five year gap between them and just shows that how good he's playing. And I think Divock Origi is actually a better player than him on his day. He'd probably get a lot of stick for that, but I'm glad we're a Liverpool podcast and not, <laughs> not a Chelsea podcast. But no, look, I mean, I heard a, I heard a funny story today about... Uh, how Klopp wants to reunite with uh, with Robert Lewandowski, and that, that got that got me a little bit excited. But obviously, that's not that's not what we've got to think about now. We've got to think about, like we said earlier, the the quality coming through the ranks. You know, Harvey Elliott didn't have a great game against Nottingham Forest, but again, a player that is for the future and just expanding. I've I've never actually heard of, of the, the PSV guy. I, I don't really again don't really follow the Netherlands football as, as much, so I don't know much about him. So I, I can't really comment on him. But there are some there are some great players that are coming through the ranks, and obviously our links with Barcelona this week supposedly about uh, it's exciting, but it's sad to see him go. Obviously for the sentimental value that he's given us over the years. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, and it will be a sad day when Divock goes. And you know, 
again, like Jamie said, he's been given a lot of stick. Um, you know, maybe some fans think he's not good enough, which I think is fair to be honest. Like he'll do for the cups, and maybe you know when you you're desperate towards the end of a game to bring him on, but he's never going to keep the front three on the toes like Luis Diaz is. Like Luis Diaz came in, and all of a sudden he's starting games left, right, and centre. Um, Divox is never going to have that kind of effect on them to make them perform at the best. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's best to move him on, get someone else in. Um, whether it's Cody Gakpo, whether it's somebody else, you know, um, like I said, I'm sure our recruitment team have a lot of players that could potentially come in. But all I want for the rest of this season is one last madness from Divock, just one big moment to to end it all off. Like it, it, I feel like it's kind of written in the stars for something in the Champions League or at the Etihad, and maybe I'll come back to this podcast in May and you know think, look, I, I told you, but something in Simon just feels like this 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 chapter's not finished yet and. Some sometime this season, I might just be dreaming right now, but we may see a Divock madness before he goes. But yeah, it's been a, a brilliant podcast. I think we've got through a lot. We've done well to to keep it within an hour. Um, but look, let, let me just finish by saying, like, you know, we've got two weeks now where the boys that aren't playing can just relax, focus on what's ahead. I think some of them have gone abroad. Trent put up a story earlier, and it looked really nice wherever he was. I, I don't actually know where it is, but. Yeah, these boys know what what the task is at hand, and you know we we shouldn't worry about contracts and players coming in and players going out. Let's just get behind the boys. If you go into games, then have an amazing time, sing your heart out, back them all game long, not just you know for the last twenty minutes. Sing your heart out because these boys need it. They missed us so much last season, um, so we've got to make up for it now. And I, I know we will. I, I know when it comes to these big games, the ground. The fans will rise to the occasion, 100%. So, yeah, um, I'm not sure what we're going to do whilst the international breaks on. I can't imagine that there'll be too much going on with the podcast. But what I do know is that on the next one, Pepe Sierra should be on here. So look forward to that. If you've enjoyed it, like uh, the the podcast and also follow to make sure that you don't miss out on uh, any future podcasts that we make. Share it, send it to your mates, do whatever you need to do. And um, Jamie and Connor... Thank you, boys, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking about the best club in the world with you, boys. But, um, but yeah, thank you for listening once again. Take care, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.